Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today, and a special thank you for everyone who listened to the first one. And a very extra special thank you for those of you who sent me your comments, your feedback, and if you subscribed on iTunes, you get the big thumbs up or horns up, however you wanted. Uh, my hat's off to you. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, we're going to get started with the show today. Just want to let everybody know if you are listening to this uh, through the iTunes, I appreciate it. Uh, you can also go to cnjradio.com to get all the great show links, show notes, uh, commentaries I might have about what's going on in the world of music or my world of music. We all have our own worlds, don't we? So uh, anyway, let's get going with the show now. This is the second episode. I know I said it at the end of the first one. We're going to be talking about sophomore albums, the follow-up albums, the second albums. Which ones were better than their first ones? Well, I came up with a list of ten songs, ten albums that I want to represent here today. These are some of, also some of my favorite albums of all time. So that had a lot to do with picking the list today. And, uh, you know, sort of like the first one, it skews pretty classic. But we're getting into a little bit more modern here, and I promise you, um, if you want to know what kind of new stuff I listen to, that is coming soon. But right now we're going to pay our dues. I'm going to, you know, stay with my roots here. So this first one is one of my first favorite bands ever. I love these guys. I don't think they get their due as being as important to the, the hard rock slash heavy metal genre. I'm talking about Twisted Sister. These guys literally fought for your right to free speech and free music. And they're just amazing. Very, very tough band. The toughest band to ever wear makeup, in my opinion. This this album, I can't say enough good things about this album. Uh, the album is called You Can't Stop Rock and Roll. It, it just beats you up from start to finish. Even the ballad is heavy on this one, folks. And the first track on the album was just... One of my favorites ever. I, I know I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just I can't stop saying nice things about these guys. So let's just get to the rock, okay? This first one is called "The Kids Are Back." Just 
been able to figure out what that is it sounds like they're just beating on garbage cans or something I always picture like a, a street gang uh, getting ready to go have a big fight you know whether you think it's more West Side Story than the Warriors probably the more 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 like the Warriors obviously uh, from the time frame especially but anyway that was Twisted Sister with the kids are back from the album you can't stop rock and roll uh, you know, especially if you're a fan of the, the rhythm section, like drums and bass, that's a great record. The mix on it is so loud. I mean, everything's so loud in the mix, but the bass and drums really kick you hard on that one. So check it out. Uh, D. Snyder, J.J. French, A.J. Perot, Eddie Fingers Ojeda, Mark the Animal Mendoza. Solid, solid band. Still doing it with that same lineup. If They don't play live very much, but if they are playing within driving distance of you, go see them. They they don't take a night off, even though they have lots of nights off in between, because they never tour. They just play sporadic shows, but that's what keeps it interesting, huh? Anyway, uh, the next track, we're going to stay a little heavy here. Uh, we got some, uh, We got a lot more variety coming up here, I promise you. For those of you who are not that much into the metal, but I'm still trying to be, I guess, an ambassador for some of this kind of music, let you know how viable it is. The second track is from a very well-known band, part of the now-dubbed Big Four. I'm talking about Megadeth. Probably, you know, between them and Anthrax, they're my two favorites of the Big Four, but it's really hard to choose because they all have their great moments. But, I, you know, back uh, when I was going to school, there was always Megadeth or Metallica. You, there was a, that line in the sand for some reason just because of the fact that uh, Dave Mustaine was fired from Metallica early on in their career. So you had to choose, right? Well, I chose Megadeth. I was I was definitely in the minority. I you know, had to eat a lot of crap for that. I just thought they were a better band. I thought they were better musicians, just better. And this is one of those songs that definitely makes me feel very justified. This is the open. We're not doing the tracks 1 through 10 thing. Uh, that was going to be way too hard to do this time. I was not being lazy about it. I deliberated for a long time. We're not doing the tracks 1 through 10 like on the first show. This is also the opening track uh, from the album Peace Sells But Who's Buying. This is Wake Up Dead.
That was Wake Up Dead by Megadeth, and right now, if you haven't had it already, you do not need your coffee for today, or your caffeine. Yes, I probably should have warned you that that was going to be pretty loud. That I Actually, the audio of that is from the just now released, here's an old moment, the 25th anniversary of Peace Sells But Who's Buying. Great, 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 great classic metal record that you should pick up if you don't have it already. 25 years, that's crazy. I remember the, the first time I heard Wake Up Dead was actually not seeing the video or hearing the song even in its entirety. It was the first episode I ever got to see of MTV's Headbangers Ball in 1987. That's how long it took us to get MTV. And I remember like setting my VCR and recording it, and that was like the opening intro song for the show, just a little part of the instrumental break in the middle there, and it was pretty cool. And I, I never figured out what song that was until like about a year later but uh that i that's maybe that's one of the reasons why that's still one of my favorite songs by him i'm sure it is but i love that track it's a once again great record a an essential album for sure the lineup on there was uh, dave mustaine of course the leader mega dave mustaine on lead guitar and vocals dave jr ellison on bass the great chris poland on guitar and the late gar samuelson on the drums uh, he died uh, about about 10 years ago or something. Actually, a little bit more than that. But anyway, <laughs> let's get on to something a little bit more happy. And I mean that musically as well. The next band is a band that uh, got famous by just being one of the hardest working bands ever, and still are one of the most hard, still one of the hardest working bands ever. They literally have not gone off tour since 1977. Talking about the great Cheap Trick, uh, their second album, and I'm not saying it's that much better than their first album. I just think it's a better idea of what the band's about, in my opinion. In Color is the name of the the album, and it started the trend of putting the, as they say, the two good-looking guys on the cover and the two regular, the two other guys on the back cover, which is a great gimmick. I love little things like that. But uh, this album in color is great, and I keep hearing stories from the band's camp that they have re-recorded this album. I know they did a version of it with Steve Albini that never got released, and they keep threatening to put out a re-recorded version. I kind of wish they would leave it the way it is. You know, um, some people say the production on this is too thin, but I love it. And if you're gonna just, if you want to re-release it, then do a do a concert and play the whole thing top to bottom. I can get behind that for sure, because I know you guys can play it still. Uh, anyway, my opinion aside, I would like to play you this song, which is uh, the second track on In Color. This, that, this album has a lot of great songs, some songs you might know, like it actually has the original version of I Want You To Want Me, which is not very, it's not played ever, so if you heard it for the first time you'd be like, I don't know what that is, almost like until it, it sounds completely different than that Live at Budokan version. It's also got the great Southern Girls on it, just just some classic stuff once again one of the one of the catchier albums of all time so here's one of my favorite songs it's actually one of the uh darker songs off the album here i say how catchy it is and i'm gonna play one of the darker songs but i love this riff this is a song called big eyes
All right, that was Big Eyes by Cheap Trick off their second album called In Color. Check that record out. It's fabulous. I'd come up with more adjectives to say how much I love these albums, but it's absolutely true. You will not be sorry. Go get In Color by Cheap Trick. All right, now I'm going to throw a couple of surprises at you. Uh, in a row, we're going to do a little twofer of, oh, okay, maybe. All right, cool, hopefully. So, yeah, this also, the other reason why this next track is kind of a surprise probably for this show specifically is some people may not realize that this is actually this band's second album. They did release a major label first album, but they had an entirely different lead singer, which, uh, you know, good singer, fit the band pretty well, but... I think uh, a lot of people would agree once they got their replacement singer in there, did the game change there? They just had that X factor. This guy has, uh, this guy really helped make these guys known, uh, and they were household names for a while there. I think uh, they got a little MTV success and radio was digging them, and it pretty much only lasted for this one album. Uh, I guess as the charts would say, they might be considered a one-hit wonder, but uh, God, for the people that know this band and love this band, uh, it doesn't matter. This band is Faith No More, and this is one of my favorite songs by them of all time, which happens to be on their album called The Real Thing, which of course spawned that massive hit Epic. Now, you've probably heard this song I'm going to play, but it's not as overplayed as Epic. We're going to go with the follow-up single from this album. This song is called Falling to Pieces.
Alright, that was Fallen to Pieces by the great Faith No More, who is kind of back together. I mean, they played shows last year, so they're, I guess they're taking baby steps with uh, this reunion. They did not play any shows in the United States other than uh, they played Coachella, and they played a couple of club shows in San Francisco. And uh, for those of you who are at those shows, I am extremely jealous and Europe, Europe gets a lot of love, but they deserve it because they they never really turn their backs on Faith no more, uh, like we did out here in the states. Uh, I think uh, we were programmed not to like them anymore, even though some people like myself never gave up on them. And I think that's because uh, just you know they were unclassifiable. You can't have that, right? I mean, uh, they tried to lump them in with like the funk metal movement going on, and you know, say what you will about that genre, it did spawn a lot of crap in the next generation, but those initial guys, even when the Chili Peppers were making records you actually wanted to buy and hear, uh, they were doing well. Faith No More came out, and they, they mixed some soul and funk in with their uh, with their metal, and so did some great bands like Living Color, of course, 24-7 Spies, the very great unheralded 24-7 Spies. You'll be hearing them on future shows for sure. So... Yeah, I, I love Faith No More. I still love those records, and I'm of the opinion that they pretty much got better with each record. I mean, Angel Dust, the follow-up to The Real Thing, is, is a classic, in my opinion. It's a modern classic. And uh, that last album they did before they broke up in the late 90s, Album of the Year, just just great stuff. A lot of songs that I wish I'd have written, like Ashes to Ashes and those, those kind of songs, Evidence. So... Yeah, let's just let's keep going, and uh, if I didn't freak you out with the last one, I just might with this one, but uh, hey, these guys were the handshake to uh, suburban guys like myself, who, you know, we, we'd, we'd heard the, uh, the rap, the hip-hop, as David Letterman likes to say, but these guys, of course, put a massive rock spin on it, just like their buddies Run DMC did. I'm talking about the Beastie Boys, and before you hang me in effigy, some of you might, some of you will not. I gotta say, this album that I'm, uh, this album, Paul's Boutique. I'm sure you've heard that name a lot when it comes to critics and and big lists and everything like that. But Paul's Boutique is one of those heralded albums that is completely not overrated at all. It is, it's a great record. It's it's a prime example of how you can turn sampling into an art form. I can go on and on about this album. Uh, the guys that produced this album, the Dust Brothers, for the Beastie Boys. They just did so much great cut and paste on there. And this is back, you know, during the reels and everything. You really had to work on this. There wasn't any Pro Tools or anything like that. They took, like, a, the guitar track from one song, a drum beat from another, a bass line from another, and they made a whole new band out of it. I mean, it really is a band on this album. And, uh, you know, there's there's dance tracks. There's really heavy rock tracks. There's there's just silly tracks on here and the album never stops it's like a classic 70s album there's no pause on this record so I actually had to pull the audio from their best of to get this track and you know I just put this one on because it's fun it sets the tone for the record there are only about 500 samples on this song alone I'm sure and there's a list out there you should check out all the records that got sampled on this uh, particular album Paul's Boutique it ranges all the way from people like Bob Marley to Johnny Cash to Alice Cooper to Poison to Sugar Hill Gang. I mean, everybody's on this record, whether they know it or not. Even the Beatles were on there. They got away with sampling the Beatles before people started to have you pay. Basically, before you had to start paying for samples. They cleared every sample on this album for about five grand, which is ridiculous. You could never make this album today. That's another reason why you should check it out. Even just to play the, hey, I know that song, you know, see how many songs you can pick out of it. Go ahead. I dare you. Anyway, I've talked enough. Let's just have fun. This is the first proper track after the intro on Paul's Boutique, and it's called Shake Your Rump. Now it's the dance break time. Yeah. <laughs> 
a naked take out Adam Horowitz Hurricane You got clout Other DJs You put your head out I'm fucking on the string I'm babysitting I'm around I do my thing I'm in a lava lamp It's in my brain I'm telling why my brain's in the picket But I rock well The baddie do go The friends And then I bust the tingle Got more rhymes Did you make a guy mango I got my pink link Hat stand on my stove bar Hey, yo, rope Shake Your Rump from Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. Uh, there's not much else I can say, especially for the ones who are still here. Thank you very much. And, you know, if you're not, then, then screw you. If you can't hang with different kinds of rock and roll uh, bands that I consider rock and roll bands, then, then you know, I, I'm just not a fan of separatism. I don't like them just because I have to like them. I like them because I like them. And uh, proof positive, the next track, we're going completely different actually. We're going to go back to the rock and roll. Uh, the basis of rock and roll is, is based in the blues, of course, the original idea of rock and roll. And this is a band that did it very well, uh, you know, as far as the history of blues and rock and roll goes. These guys are definitely latecomers, but I think they did it so well. A lot of people think these guys cop the stones a lot, but I think I hear a lot of faces on there too. So let me know what you think about these guys. Some love them, some hate them. Once again, I'm talking about the Black Crows. This is a band that when it was time for them to put out their follow-up second album, after so much success, I think they did about 3-4 million of their first album. They could have easily played it safe and put out a record exactly like the first one, and I think they would have been fine. But I think they really actually made a statement on their second album. The, the album in, in, in question is called The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. So right off the bat, you go from Shake Your Moneymaker to The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. I mean, even just the title right there, I think, makes a statement about this is going to be a little different, and we're here to stay, you know, those kind of things. But I love this record. You can hear on this record, you could tell, and the band has even said as much, that a lot of the songs on this album are one-take songs. And, I, especially on this song, I can hear the live aspect. You can hear kind of everything that's going on in the studio. You can hear the echo. It's, it's beautiful. I just picture that they're playing this uh, with the lights really low, like just maybe just candlelight. And uh, this is a great song. You know, like I said on the first one with the King Crimson track, uh, uh, sit back for this one, and uh, you can relax. This is our, uh, this is our break here, and uh, check out this. This sounds so good on the headphones. This is my. It's hard to pick a favorite song off this album for me. It's like kind of between this and Sometimes Salvation, but since this one is not played as much, I'm going to go with Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye. B&B with a little weed.
Crows with Bad Luck, Blue Eyes, Goodbye from their second album, The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. Hope you enjoyed that if that was your first time hearing it. 
I always enjoy that track. It's uh, puts you know just has that has good soul to it. You know, I, I guess the background singers help. So uh, the next track, uh, and you know, I know I said uh, on the very first show that I was going to try to play stuff that's not often played, and that is my goal. 99% of the time, sometimes I'm just going to have to go with a particular song that's been played to death. But uh, sort of like you shook me all night long, this song, for some reason, it just never gets old to me. And uh, this is a band I pretty much don't even like their first album. I, I, I have it, but I never listened to it. I for you know I I don't want to say I can't stand it, but uh, I never go to it. I I just never listen to it. It does nothing for me. I think this is the band's proper first album, and uh, I might get a. Uh, I know I've been saying this about the last few songs, but I might get wrecked over the coals for this one. Uh, it's hard to defend this band just because their lead singer is hard to defend due to his actions and attitude and things like that. I'm talking about Stone Temple Pilots. This is from their second album, which was officially self-titled, but is also called Purple. And this song, you've heard it a billion times, but maybe on this show it'll sound a little bit different. And... Uh, I never get sick of it. I'll, hell, I'll, I sing it at karaoke when I when I can. Uh, this is this is interstate love song. that out of my system now. I, I did my big radio track, you know, yeah baby, WMBC, alright. So, did the big radio track, I hope you enjoyed that song, uh, th that was Stone Temple Pilots with Interstate Love Song from the album Purple, 
that is that is a very solid record. Uh, I recommend anybody checking it out, especially if you've only heard the radio songs off there, like Big Empty and Vaseline and that last song. It's it's pretty damn cool. I I I, I listen to it a lot still. So and maybe it's maybe it's just because I was in school whenever that album was out. I don't know. There's a lot of people that may disagree on how cool that band actually really is. If you you know, ignore all the other uh, Scott Weiland bullshit. So, uh, who knows? But anyway, I got my radio track out of my system. Now I'm going to go deep album track. This is a very known band. This band, I'll just tell you, they're called Def Leppard. And you you might have heard uh, you might have heard Def Leppard here and there. I mean, they only sold like 50 million albums worldwide. I'm sure. This is from their second album. This is uh, you know, I the first album is great. Don't get me wrong. It's very very heavy actually and the second album really is no exception they still remained a uh, they were touring with metal bands they were touring with hard rock bands they had major hard rock credibility some people even put them in that new wave of British heavy metal genre but uh, I think history has not been kind to them on that front uh, their second album High and Dry you might have heard Bring It On The Heartbreak from this album That that's a very cool song I'm going to play you my favorite song on here it's called Mirror Mirror <laughs>
All right, big heavy guitars, no keyboards. That was uh, the Def Leppard that some of us know pretty well still. That was Mirror Mirror from the High and Dry album, a song that spotlights one of my favorite guitar players of all time, the late, great Steve Clark. Uh, I am not going to go on an anti-alcohol rant, but alcohol took away one of my favorite guitarists ever. Uh, that guy could write a riff, just some great stuff like Too Late for Love and that song Mirror Mirror, Saturday Night High and Dry, Let It Go. That guy uh, delivered great riffs with with soul, something that is something that's sorely missing a lot nowadays, of course, but it's very evident on tracks like that. I, I if you that's once again, if that's the first time you've heard that song, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that was a different outlook on a band such as Def Leppard. And now it's time for uh, some more fun for me here. This is a band called Motley Crue. Their second album, Shout the Devil, is a is a very seminal record in my life. I've been listening to it since I was a kid, and I still listen to it now. I don't care what anybody says. I give it up for the crew, especially these uh, these first few records. Uh, good, good stuff. Another great, uh, if you want some big drums, some big bass, uh, sort of like that first Twisted Sister track. Uh, everybody was putting out really good sounding records around this time in that early 80s, 83, 84. Uh, like the last track also. Uh, Shout the Devil, great record. I, I love it still. One of my favorite follow-up albums of all time. That's what this show is all about here today. So, uh, you know, if uh, if you're a if you're a younger person, then uh, you might have shot up a crack house of this in Grand Theft Auto. This is too young to fall in love, and you are.
was Too Young to Fall in Love by Motley Crue. And since you just were listening to it and not watching the video, now with 100% less cheesy kung fu fighting. That was from uh, their album Shout the Devil, one of my favorite second albums of all time. And now we are going to the extreme opposite side of 80s excess music. This last track tonight I'm going to play you is by a band called Duran Duran. This is from their second album, a great album called Rio. Probably their most successful album of all time. It had two monster singles on there, Rio and Hungry Like the Wolf. This is my favorite song from that record. Just a great, epic-sounding track. I hope you really like it. This song is called The Chauffeur.
right, that was The Chauffeur by Duran Duran from the Rio album. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope uh, you know a little bit more about me now. We got, uh, this is what my show's going to be like. We're going to have Megadeth and Duran Duran on here. So, uh, come along with me. Uh, that's the show for tonight. This was uh, the second album was better show. And, uh, you know, there's so ma- there were so many albums that I didn't get to talk about and play songs from tonight. But uh, go to cnjradio.com. I update the blog there pretty often. I'm always going to have a show talking about what I wasn't able to play on, you know, because we're limited to ten songs here. So that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to have a list of great second albums that, uh, you know, I really like a lot that just didn't make the show. So go on there and check it out. There's going to be buy links to everything you hear on the show, so tons of reasons to go to cnjradio.com. I want to thank everyone for listening tonight, and uh, send in your emails, your comments, your suggestions. What uh, top ten show, what ten show would you like me to do for you out there? Let me know. I will take everything into serious consideration. So that's it for tonight. Go to cnjradio.com, subscribe to the show on iTunes, spread the word out to your friends and like-minded people. Word of mouth is definitely key. That's it. Thanks a lot. Bye.